Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We're seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools, fools for, for Christ. Christ. Hello there, and welcome everybody. <laughs> Hello, hope you're having a good day. Indeed. The theme of our show today is making work a prayer. And if anything fits well into the like the overall theme of the podcast of finding Christ in everything, it's work because that's where yeah. that's probably where most people spend most of their time. Mm-hmm. Like probably at least forty hours if they're fully employed, or if they're someone who's staying at home all the time as a caretaker for someone else. Yeah, there's way more than forty hours of going yes. taking care of those <laughs> other people. Um, so understanding how to how to find the Lord in that. Mm-hmm. I was probably the key between like happiness and insanity. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Between happiness and insanity. Yeah. We all know, um, if it's not ourselves, we all know people who really hate their jobs Yeah, and hate going to work. Um, and that unhappiness affects everything else in your life. And I think we, we seem to know even f- like fewer people who really, really love their job. I mean, like true. if we, if we kind of like track those people in our mind, my guess is it's, it's like one hand's worth or less who really love what they do yeah. to the point of, of I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like going through my mind and maybe recanting that mainly because we know a lot of priests and religious and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I break them all. But if we were ever to say non-priests and religious. Yeah. Because that's um, a vocation. Yeah. So okay, we're not yeah. talking about right. a vocation. Right. We're yeah. talking about work. Yeah. So if we're talking about like a nine to five, the number of people who really say they like, they would love it and it helps lead them to the Lord, probably a small number. Yeah. Um, or at least like would, would say that just super joyfully and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I'm only thinking about, one person that I know well right now. I'm having trouble finding a second. Me too. Yeah, I have one person in mind who really, really loves it and um, uses it as the as the avenue for holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll start by reading some words yeah. from Saint Paul. Who he has some other quotes that are actually really good in terms of just. A, inspiring people to dedicate themselves to the task at hand. Mm. Um, but this is First Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24. Okay. May the God of peace himself make you perfectly holy, and may you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will also accomplish it. I love this quote. Uh, and I try to read it every morning as I start my work day because it reminds me that God has placed me in the p- specific role. I almost said Pacific role. <laughs> in the specific role um, that I'm in. And therefore, that role is an avenue to become perfectly holy if I only say yes. And that would that's a... Like an avenue for holiness apart from your vocation. Correct. Yes. So like your vocation is um, is truly, in a, in a much greater sense, your road. <laughs> it's the journey you walk along to become holy. 
Um, but your work situation in a very real sense is also part of that journey that makes you who you are and that God has, I mean, even if it's a position where you're not going to stay in for very long right? because of X, Y, or Z, you know, um, it's still a part of your life for a reason and God uses everything to bring you to him. I'm reminded of a, um, you, you said, like, even if it's um, a position you're not going to be in for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that came to my mind actually doesn't have anything to do with work, but it, it has to do with um, kind of a season in, in someone's life. And I remember speaking with a friend of mine who said, well, I don't really want to get to know so-and-so because they're entering religious life. And so <laughs> all of the effort that I would put into becoming friends with them would be for naught and they wouldn't basically they wouldn't get to enjoy the fruit of that friendship Mm. um and i said that was uh i accused him of being utilitarian in his friendship yeah um and that the there's still good to be gained from that friendship even though it might not last i mean for with that attitude like why bother ever becoming friends with anyone that you're not going to be lifelong friends with yeah yeah um, to extrapolate it out and he um it was it was one of very few arguments that i won with that person um (laughs) <laughs> and so he, he acknowledged the, uh, the wisdom in what I said. Um, so even a stopped watch is right twice a day. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and I just love the wisdom of that, of, um, of allowing yourself to live in the moment and not be caught up in, in, that, in that circumstance, the long-term effect. Right of what the moment is is bringing to you um because it's the moment we only have the moment to live and living the moments well are what lead up to a good long term and i would i think living the moments well is what builds a life of holiness Mm. um so i want to say it was blessed chiara badano who said i can be a saint if i can be a saint right now Mm. and um the, I think the wisdom of that to me is in um, knowing that I don't have to be a heroic saint right now. Yeah. Sometimes I don't feel like doing that. Um, but I can be, I can do the holiest thing right now and love God. And that's not daunting at all because it's just like one thing. Yeah. Um, like right now I'm not, I'm not overcome or overwhelmed by any like, major temptation or uh or situation where i have to um to like lay down my life in heroic courage um (laughs) but there like i can practice holiness right now by like acknowledging the presence of god and and entering into this podcast to as a way of serving the lord yeah um and that's like that's my path to holiness um and okay it might not look like the life of saint john vianney or saint paul or saint Ignatius of loyola but none of theirs looked like each other's either. And like they just took the road that was before them. Yeah. Yeah. And taking the road before you is difficult. It's so difficult. And so, um, one of the things I like to practice is focusing at the start of each day to try to, um, get myself in the right mindset of living in the moment and of doing what is most important. Could we pause for a second? And um, so what would, 
what might, what might we be able to say about like living in the moment from a Catholic perspective with our eyes on eternity Yeah. as opposed to kind of the secular notion of like YOLO. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I think with YOLO, you only live once. Um, I think it's almost an invitation to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Because the opportunity might not come up again. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it could be... It, that's not necessarily. That doesn't have to be the way that you're using the term. But I find more often than not, it's... <laughs> yeah. Well, you only live once, right. so... Better get going. Better yeah. do this thing. Um, it is funny to me, though, how... like how easily YOLO could be co-opted by Catholics. Oh, like, so You only easily. have one life to... Like, as I'm thinking about it right now, you know, like, I kind of had this little mini uh, world of thought in a moment was... And it was, like, why do I choose to do good rather than to do evil? And it's, it's not because I'm afraid of anything. It's because I don't want to miss out on this, the most fulfilling life mm-hmm. of, like taking up the adventure God has set before me. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the, what I think we mean when we say we like live in the moment is um, following the Lord is the most satisfying thing, deeply long lasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and even at times, like just momentarily in a fleeting sense, doing the will of the Lord yeah. is life giving and joyful. And the thing is a lot of times it doesn't seem like it's going to be, when you're making the decision. Yeah. Um, and so it's only afterwards that you realize um, how good it was. And a lot of sort so like, for example, no one regrets going to work out. <laughs> right? No, presumably not, yeah. <laughs> like after you do a workout, you feel really good about it. Yeah. But it's really hard to make the decision to work out. And I think we all have a similar relationship with doing the right thing in our Catholic lives and focusing on the Lord. It's, it's hard to make the decision to do what is good and right in the moment. Mm-hmm. But then if you are certain that it was what was good and right, and it brings you the most fulfillment in the end. And it's not something that you regret. And I think that, to me, this loops back perfectly to um, the quote from Thessalonians that um, the, it's the Lord who has called us where we are and he is faithful mm-hmm. and he will bring about the work of holiness in you. Mm. Um, and it can, I think you and I have both experienced this. There, there's times you want to quit. You don't want to do the right thing. You want to like yeah. walk away from, so we've, we've both been working for the church for a while now. Yeah. I haven't not worked for the church for, um, this is my fifth year of working for the church and before that, I was in school. Um, so I spent I said three years working in the world, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. One of which was teaching at a public school, which is kind of its own animal. Yeah. Um, but there's been times in the past five years when I've like wanted to quit and go kind of like put my head under a rock or just like <laughs> dig ditches because I was I was frustrated. Um, but I, looking back, I can clearly see those were temptations to walk away from what the Lord had invited me to and mm. not, um, not anything else. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was not the word of God in my heart saying like, follow me. It was 
the word of the enemy saying like, Hey, come over here. There's like, there's some fun stuff to do over here Yeah, uh, and leave the work of the Lord. Well, and what you just quoted, um, the one who calls you is faithful and he will also accomplish it. That's a promise. Like, how cool is that? That the Lord is like, I've called you to this, so I'm going to accomplish this in you. And it, I'm so glad you said it like that, because that actually just gave me a ton of, of inspiration. And, and I felt very <laughs> encouraged that, it, like, you're right, it is a promise. And it's not like the words of scripture are more than just like blobs of, of ink on a page. Yeah. That is, that's the word of the living God who has spoken that. And go, who spoke life into being. Yeah. Like, okay, all right. I trust, <laughs> I believe, I'll do it. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's go for it. Um, yes. So I think even, rather, I know, and I can, re- my time teaching in a public school, teaching Spanish, so completely secular in the sense of not having anything to do uh, overtly with spreading the gospel, um, really helped me to see that um, that working in the world can just as much be uh, a path to holiness as working for the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember very clearly, I had a great spiritual director at the time, um, and I was telling him about frustrations with students, and there were times when I would, I would just get irritated and angry with students. Mm-hmm. And I was also reading a book by Brother Lawrence, mm-hmm. um, The Practice of the Presence of God. Okay. And so I was kind of working on this, of like even as I was going through the just the day teaching even if i was standing up speaking to be aware of the lord's presence there um and to be able to mm. acknowledge him as i was speaking to the students in the same way i was acknowledging the presence of the students to be able to acknowledge the presence of the lord yeah and the time that I mean, it was only a handful of times where it was this clear for me um but i remember being frustrated with a student and almost wanting to respond i think in a sarcastic way um but instead turning very briefly to that kind of that interior gaze of the Lord to mm. ask, how do you want me to respond to this? And it was, so for me, it was a moment of choosing virtue over sin. It's a moment of, cho- a moment yeah. of choosing love over anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a moment of perfect obedience to the Lord, um, which like not where you might expect to find it. Yeah. It, was, it was in the classroom of a Spanish one class teaching a high school freshman. But that like, that was what the Lord had called me to. And it was an opportunity to, I, like in that moment, I think especially to participate in a very unique way um, because I, I felt the Lord or heard the Lord so clearly calling me to a thing um, as opposed hmm. to just like a generic holiness calling me clearly to a certain path. Um, so I think this, um, that just reminded me, at, or it helped me see at the time, and it's, it's helped me understand since then, that uh, my path to holiness does not always have to include working for the church. I think by the, yeah. by the grace of God, I am right now, and I love it. Um, but I understand that might not always be the case. Yeah. Um, I have um, always worked for the church in some capacity. Um, well, um, full-time, full-time jobs. Yeah. I've always worked for the church. Um, <clears throat> but I've had some really good friends who have made their um, secular jobs into something 
um, very holy. And so I've never once thought that, um, that the work itself is what made you holy. It's about your yes to God's movements in your work. Yeah. Um, or through you in your work. That's a really liberating recognition. And that it's, because um, then you're not searching for like this holy grail of employment. Oh, yeah. Um, like, okay, once I get this, then not only will I be happy, but I'll really be able to. I think that's a like a great trick. Of ignoring the path to holiness in front of us, um, and rather than accepting the the cross of the Lord in the moment, we keep looking for another one that maybe fits us a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's running away from opportunity at every uh, at every opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Saint Jose Maria Escriva said, "Either we learn to find our Lord in ordinary everyday life, or else we shall never find Him." I love that. Yeah. And I love how that ties into doing, um, living in the moment and finding God in the moment. It's, it's certainly very challenging to recognize the Lord in, to borrow from Mother Teresa, the most distressing disguise or even like the most boring disguise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, we love the transfiguration and we love those mountaintop experiences, but do, can we accept Jesus the carpenter? Um, or like Jesus, the, the baby born into like what might look like a questionable situation, Mm -hmm. um, to the outside. Yeah. Um, Well, and that reminds me of the, I know we talked about it in a previous podcast, but in the old Testament, um, the leper wanting to be cleansed. I mean, he, um, who's a king. Yeah, and he came with down with leprosy, and he wanted to be cleansed in this huge, amazing way. Yeah, you know, and he was like, Alicia was like, just go bathe in the river. He's like, I have a better river. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you telling me to just bathe in your river? You know, but that's what healed him. Yeah, that's actually kind of a, like a good, I think, a little analogy for or metaphor for work, mm-hmm. in that we like, we have these grandiose schemes of what our life will look like serving the Lord. Mm. And then he has something that at first might seem like, oh, you know, why are you asking me to go bathe in the creek when I can go bathe <laughs> in the Jordan? Like, I don't want to be baptized in, in, in the church. I want to be baptized in the River Jordan. Like, yeah. This is your path for holiness. Mm. Um, do, you know, do you want to be cleansed of leprosy or not? <laughs> um, I'll take the cleansing. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to help me get in that mindset, um, I had a job mentor a while back when I was in my previous job, and he went through a whole list with me of, through his times in ministry, what he had to remind himself of daily. Um, and he, I think he even told me he was, sometimes it's, I think it's even more difficult when you're in a ministry situation to get, to become complacent. And to think that, oh, I'm just, I'm doing the Lord's work, so therefore I'm growing in holiness. Right. And it takes more effort to remind yourself to refocus at every moment. Um, but that's neither here nor there. It's going to be difficult regardless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I definitely, that resonates with me. The the ease of kind of becoming complacent in thinking that I don't have to to analyze and, and ask myself, like, is am I doing what the Lord wants? Have I, 
have I actually stopped to listen to him as, mm. as opposed to just like plowing ahead and only to find out that I've gone off road. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was actually, I remember seeing that list that you go through and really, really inspired, being inspired by it and liking it. Um, the one that I think stood out the most to me was, um, I am not the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And it could be the desire for everybody to get to heaven and the weight that that can put on you mm-hmm. is overwhelming. Um, and I remember a couple times, especially when I was still teaching, being reminded of that by a friend. And it was, it was like someone had lifted an anvil off of my shoulders mm. because I was so worried about students not accepting the gospel. And it, was, it was almost like I was trying to find a new gospel to give them um, rather than recognizing like the one Jesus gave us is sufficient. And it's yeah. uh, as long as I, I'm faithful in and sharing that with them and, you know, finding a way to make it beautiful and attractive while still being faithful to it and, and honest. Um, that's their decision to accept or reject the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to, to kind of get rid of the Messiah complex, I think in anything, like it's easy to, to think oh, yeah. like we have to be the one to, to, to make everybody's life better or to fix all the problems. Yeah. And it's impossible. Um, because there's only one Messiah. <laughs> and it's it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> but then that that sets us free to um, to not focus on ourselves, mm-hmm. to not think okay, like I have to be the star um, and to be able to be uh, to step into whatever role the Lord has laid out for us. So that might be Peter or it might be Joseph. Um, mm-hmm. you might be asked or it could be Mary, it could be Martha. Mm-hmm. Whichever one. Um, but I think if, if we're, if we always think it's just about me, like, I think that's a Martha mentality. <laughs> um, she's like, I'm the one who has to do this and I'm yeah, the one who has to do that. Yeah. Um, and I don't think she was viewing her work as, as sanctifying at the mm-hmm. time. Um, I could be wrong. I wasn't there, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that is the way it appears through scripture. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, that always sticks out to me when I go through this list is, um, if it works, don't fix it, but make sure it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next one yeah. right afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so many times I find, like, I have just had the personality where I want to be creative and make something my own and put my own spin to it. Yeah. And sometimes it's so unnecessary. Like, if it works, don't fix it. I know. But yeah. at the same time, you got to make sure that it works. Yeah. You can't just follow tradition because that's what... Tradition, not in the magisterium deep yeah, way, but yeah. tradition and like they've been doing this for so many years. So it's all how it's always done. Yeah, you can't get stuck in that um, if it's not working. Right. There's yeah. There should be a healthy tension between finding something uh, fresh, but w- sticking with something that works. Mm-hmm. Um, I too have a, a hard time with that because I get bored. <laughs> like once I've done something before, I think okay, I did it. I want to do something else. <laughs> don't like redoing the same old plan and that's um i recognize there's a certain amount of selfishness in that for at least for myself Mm -hmm. because i want an experience for myself in creating something new rather than recognizing what is in place is sufficient for the recipients of like planning retreats Mm -hmm. if it's a good retreat there's no need to adjust it because it's not it's not for me. Like I'm not playing the retreat for myself. I'm, I'm giving a gift to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
why would I be selfish and say this retreat has to be a certain way so that I enjoy it? Yeah. Um, I'm missing the point already. Yeah. And going back up to one of the first points on the list, it's not about me. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one on there is move slowly. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I have to remind myself that <laughs> to just move slowly mm-hmm. because the Lord works in time and, um, you can't fix a huge problem all at once. You've got to, you've got to move slowly. You've got to take it piece by piece. Yeah. And I think we even, even saying like move slowly, we recognize like, yeah, I know I got to fix this problem slowly, but how do I do it fast? <laughs> <laughs> Or or we get discouraged because it's taking a long time. Yeah. Because it isn't immediately fixed. There's no instant solution. Right. And the I in particular am so impatient that I, I frequently forget of the the fruit that comes, let's say at the end of a school year. So I might start and be nine weeks in uh, and be frustrated that it doesn't look right now like it did at the end mm, of last school year. And yeah. I forget, like, the end of last school year, I was reaping the fruits of a whole year of working with students. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I don't have that. Like, a bunch of those students graduated and left. Yeah. And I'm working with a bunch of new people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I need I need that one, like, written on my hand and on my forehead. <laughs> so when I look in the mirror, Tattoos I see it something. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. The... I think this one works really well, this next uh, point on the list, in uh, both secular and ecclesial settings. Do the best you can, then turn it over to God. Mm. Uh, And it's very, it reminds me of that Mother Teresa quote, we're not called to be successful, we're called to be faithful. Um, It also reminds me of the Pope that said, it's your church, Lord, I'm going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah. There's only, and that, I mean, it goes back to the, like, I'm not the Messiah, kind of getting rid of your Messiah complex. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only, like, Dan Boyd can only do so much. Um, and, going, I mean, my, probably everybody's biggest sin is pride. Mm-hmm. Um, and that challenges me to recognize the, the limitations of everything I can do um, and rely entirely on God. Mm. Yeah. Which is when, I mean, that's when the, the, the real conversions happen. When, uh, when I'm able to step out of the way and allow the Lord to work through me, then he does great things. Uh, but when I try to meddle, then it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have um, one that I actually added to the list that he didn't initially put on there. Um, remember who you're doing this for. And that, for me, is probably a key point in avoiding burnout. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's even more difficult in a ministry position to remember you're not doing it for the people you're serving. You're not doing it for your boss. You're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for God. Right. And so frequently we get in that... Um, that mindset of, of just trying to please someone. And 
taking a step back to look at how is this pleasing God completely lifts the burden. Right. And um, it causes me, at least, to reevaluate how I'm doing and what's important about what I'm doing. Because if I'm doing this to serve God, then ultimately it doesn't matter if so-and-so doesn't like it. Right. Um, or if it's not received. If you are doing the best you can and you're doing it for the Lord, that's like I'm gonna, that's almost his problem. <laughs> like, don't <laughs> worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Of course, respecting right. um, the authority that you need to. Yeah. And I mean, still... Yeah, I don't. I don't think that like the quote or the the idea. Remember who this who you are doing this for uh, should indicate any like disrespect or, or mutiny, but simply like we we serve the Lord. We might like for the moment serve a, a boss or someone, but ultimately we serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I hope that this has been helpful in giving some ideas of how to refocus in the workplace and how to reconnect your heart to God in the midst of a busy time. Because going through some of those points that we mentioned, it could be a quick little one-minute pause in your day. Yeah. To just, I'm not the Messiah. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's like (laughs) like a scheduled phone reminder. Remember who you were doing this for. Um, that maybe pops up. Like if you yeah. don't have time to pray the Angelus at 12, just put that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do that as soon as we end this episode. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, that concludes today's show. Yeah. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.